0: I'm your host, Kat, and this podcast is for the PA out there who wants to tackle their student loans, but then also wonders what to do next with their finances. Before we dive into today's episode about market timing and opportunity cost, I wanted to share that I had a recent schedule change at work. So, going forward, the PA The FI Way podcast will be moving from releasing new episodes on Thursdays to Fridays instead. I'm looking forward to helping provide the jumpstart and motivation that you need with these future episodes to wrap up your work week and kick off your weekends. So to continue on last week's theme of diving further into defining some commonly used terms in the personal finance world, let's discuss market timing and opportunity cost. What is market timing? Market timing is the process of moving your investment money in or out of the market, or in and out of various types of other investments with the speculation that doing so will provide better results due to your prediction of future performance. If you have been investing for years or even a few short months, you likely have seen how the market can be volatile at times, as the value of your stocks can rise and fall over time. If you had money invested prior to the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, you likely saw your investments plummet over 30% in value within the course of a few short weeks. If that was the case, you may have had the thought, "Oh, I wish I would have pulled all of my money out of the stock market in January or February when I had heard about this coronavirus thing overseas. Or maybe when the stock market plummeted in March 2020, you had the notion, I really should just take all of my money out of the market while I even have the chance before I lose it all. Or maybe you did withdraw your money at the bottom in March 2020. But did you know that the best days and worst days in the stock market often occur closely to each other? In 2020, for example... 8 out of 10 of the worst days of the S&P 500, which, as a reminder, is the index fund for the 500 largest publicly traded U.S. companies, for the year were between February 27, 2020 and April 1st, 2020. Then, the 10 best days of 2020 occurred within a narrow window of March 2, 2020 to April 8, 2020. In fact, the 10 best days and the 10 worst days of 2020 all occurred within one week of each other. Talk about volatility! Market timing is the opposite of the long-term buy-and-hold strategy that those in the financial independence community endorse. Many buy-and-hold investors often invest in low-cost, broad-based index funds to buy much of the market, and then they hold them for many years to come, which allows the powerful effects of compound interest to grow over time. Investing in index funds can be done at an incredibly low cost, but if you try to time the market, there are often additional costs via transaction fees and commissions that you would have to pay when you hop in and out of the market. Another disadvantage of timing the market is that you have to constantly be watching the market to decide when to buy and when to sell. In order to time the market well, you have to be right on both occasions, both when you buy new purchases of a stock and when you sell it. Being right twice can be really hard to do when you are trying to time the market. Many fund managers try to actively invest by timing the market to try to beat the index to try to attract more customers. However, over the course of a decade, 85% fail to beat the market, and over the course of 15 years, a whopping 92% fail to beat the market. So I know many of my listeners are very smart and wise people, but if the professionals usually cannot beat the market, it probably would be pretty hard for you to try to beat the market as well, especially consistently over time. Remember, you don't have to beat the market, you just have to keep up with it. So now that we've talked about market timing, you now can understand the phrase time in the market beats timing the market. So let's move on to opportunity cost. Opportunity cost is the cost associated with not going with one option, but rather choosing another option that turns out to provide less benefit. Since we all don't have the benefit of hindsight or a crystal ball when we are about to make a decision, you have to weigh the pros and cons using what you think may happen after you research and analyze the situation. For example, you may be presented with various options to choose between throughout your life, such as whether or not to sell your house and move, or whether or not you should change specialties as a PA, or whether you should invest in one particular type of an investment or another. Making pros and cons lists could help you make a decision, but also trying to consider the missed opportunity about not choosing one option over another may further help you in your decision-making process. In regards to your personal finance decisions as you pursue financial independence, consider the opportunity cost of these decisions throughout your life. For example, what would the opportunity cost be of investing in funds with high fees versus low-cost index funds? Or how about keeping a large amount of cash in your bank account versus putting that money to work in the stock market? Or what if you were taking your sweet time paying off your student loans and having the amount of interest that you'll pay over time be more versus trying to pay off your student loan debt quickly by overpaying on the payments? Let's review a couple of examples of how opportunity costs could work. Let's first review student loans. Let's say that you graduate PA school with $120,000 in debt. Some people graduate with a lot less and some people graduate with a lot more, but this is just a nice round number that I chose for this example. And let's say that you have a 5.0% interest rate. If you pay a minimum payment to pay back your student loans in 10 years of $1,270 per month, after those 10 years, you would have paid $32,400 in interest. However, if you instead overpay by $430 per month to pay a grand total of $1,700 per month, you would shave off 3 years of paying on your loans as they would be then paid off in 7 years, and you would pay $22,800 in interest which would save you $9,600 in interest total. Better yet, if you can try to live like a PA student the next few years out of PA school and decide to double the payback amount, you would be debt-free in less than four and a half years and pay $14,620 in interest. So the opportunity cost of not trying to pay off your student loans quickly and aggressively can be huge, because you would have to pay more in interest over time. Next, let's review the opportunity cost of an example of leasing a car instead of purchasing an affordable car. If you decide to buy a used car for $10,000 in cash after saving up for it, you'll likely come out further ahead than if you leased a car for $300 a month for 36 months. Every lease has a different... Length, some are 36 months, some are 39 months, it just all kind of depends on the different leases that are out there. At first glance of the situation, you may think that the savings for the three years is only the $2,600 difference between the total lease amount for the three years, or the $300 times 36 months, which is $12,600, and the $10,000 in cash for the older used vehicle that you paid. However, to truly review the opportunity cost, consider if you would have instead invested the $2,600 difference in low-cost index funds for 30 years at an 8% interest rate. 8% is a somewhat conservative number, but for examples, I don't like to use really high interest rates because you never know what the market will do over time. So in this example, after 30 years, the $2,600 would have grown to over $26,000. You can use the concept of opportunity cost to try to guide your decisions about many purchases throughout your life, such as a fancy purse or shoes, or even a large purchase such as a home. Speaking of your home, you could consider the opportunity cost of purchasing a single-family home for you and your family versus renting, versus house hacking. Often, house hacking can really come out ahead if you run the numbers, but house hacking isn't for everybody. Every single day, we have to make decisions that will affect us in the future. Again, this message isn't to tell you to never spend money on those things in your life while you are pursuing financial independence, but rather to make sure that you are being thoughtful and intentional with your purchases. Consider what you value in life and spend on those things, with your eyes wide open, recognizing that there was an opportunity cost for that decision, so you had better truly enjoy it. Additionally, opportunity cost isn't all about money. It could also be considered for your happiness level for a decision. For example, if you decide to take a new PA job that has an hour-long commute, even though it's in your dream specialty, the opportunity cost of your happiness may not be worth it due to the long commute time and spending less time with your family. For others, it may be completely worth it, even if the commute is an hour. They might not mind commuting. They might enjoy listening to music or even podcasts along the way. My hope is that we all can become more intentional while we consider potential opportunity costs of a decision as we pursue financial independence. Thank you so much for taking the time to take a listen to this episode today and I hope that you found it educational. If so, I hope that you consider taking the time to leave a review about those things that you enjoyed or consider sharing it with a friend, loved one, or colleague. I look forward to catching you next Friday. Have a great week.